usually, you know, they wait a couple of years before they make that decision. But, um, you know, so far we've been pretty fortunate and on point with our evaluations. Um, I, I don't take scholarship offers back. Uh, now sometimes players advance quickly and now all of a sudden they're getting power five offers. So we're no longer an option. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't take scholarship offers back as long as players are working hard and we see improvements every time we watch them. And we've been pretty fortunate. That's, that's how our recruits generally are. You know, they're, uh, committed basketball players. Welcome to iSports Recruiting Podcast. My name is Ronnie Romero, a husband, a father, a former athlete, and the founder of iSportsRecruiting.com. We're here to bring the best of college recruiting. Every week, we will bring a new guest with knowledge, stories, tools to take you a step closer on playing at the next level. Thanks for being here with me. And now, let's get going. Objectives up there for student athletes. The number one should be the name recognition. Number two, go to a place where you're actually gonna get to play and have fun. And number three, and most important, get your college education funded. I'd like to take this moment to introduce you to iSportsRecruiting.com, a recruiting platform that was built for student athletes and families in order for them to save hundreds of hours of work and thousands of dollars by the end of the college education. Go to iSportsRecruiting.com in HEAT to register with the code ISR25. You will get an immediate 25% discount. iSports Recruiting, we're here because we care for our next generation. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and leave us a review. And at the same time, share the episode with anyone that might need it. Now, let's listen to our next guest well, thank you so very much coach i'm here i'm extremely excited to have coach julie good enough uh basketball woman's coach at albin christian university this is um uh like i mentioned to you in the beginning extremely excited because it's the first time i ever had a basketball woman's coach especially division one you know thank you so very much for your time coach um, here to get to know more about you, get to know more about the university and the information related uh, to college recruiting. Uh, the, the, part, the part that I liked most of your experience, you have experience in all kinds of divisions, NIA, Division Three, Division II, uh, and D1 as well, Division One. So I want you to take me over on those steps a little bit, what you see the difference between and what you recommend for student athletes as well for there. But, you know, the last, on the last five years, you've been, you have an outstanding record, you know, you've been, uh, you know, extremely competitive with your team and, and you've been a coach for over the last 20 plus years. Um, so you have enough experience and, it's getting, you know, the, the more experience that you have, you're getting better and better each time. It's, it looks like it, you know. So I'm extremely happy for that, Coach. But, you know, you, you took the last, in the last two years, you took your your your, your school, you know, ACU, um, uh, to the tournaments and championships, the NCAA um, Division One tournaments. 
Um, I want you to take me on those takes as well, but very excited. So before anything, coach, thank you so much. One more time to having you glad that you're here in these uh, uh, episodes. And I want you to take me over how everything started with you on basketball. I know you are, you did very good at the university as well. I saw your record at the university as a basketball player. Uh, so take me a little bit over on, on how everything started, coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, thanks for inviting me today. I love the opportunity to talk about women's basketball and especially about Abilene Christian University. It's an incredible place. I really appreciate the opportunity to be the women's basketball coach at ACU for sure. Um, I played college basketball and uh, went to college to become a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And uh, after three years of pre-physical therapy, I decided I did not want to be in a class with another lab and just try to figure out, you know, what what I wanted to do next. And I had several coaches throughout my career say, you need to go into coaching. You know, you have a good basketball IQ. You need to go into Mm -hmm. coaching. And uh, so after my third year of college, I thought, you know, maybe this is what I want to do. So I changed my major. Um, Back in the day, this was like, you know, early 90s, we didn't have graduate assistants, but they had restricted earnings coaches. And so Mm. after I graduated and finished my eligibility, my coach at the University of Texas at Arlington um, asked if I would stay on as a restricted earnings coach. And so that was my first real experience with coaching other than like working at a camp. And uh, I really enjoyed the other side of it. You know, there's so much that coaches do on a daily basis that our players have no idea what we're doing. You know, like just getting ready for practice. What all goes into that? How do you put a game schedule together? How do you plan a travel itinerary? You know, all of that. So it was I thought it was really interesting, just everything that went on behind the scenes. And so um, that was my first taste of coaching. Um, I went on to graduate school and. I was a volunteer coach at uh, Lubbock Christian University when I went to school at Texas Tech. So I volunteered over there. And uh, in the middle of September in 1993, uh, Hardin Simmons University needed a head women's basketball coach. Maybe they couldn't hire anybody else at that time. But um, that, that was my first head coaching job. I never had like a paid coaching position. I just mm-hmm. had a restricted earnings coach and a GA or basically a a volunteer assistant. So mm-hmm. I was very uh, grateful that Harden Simmons gave me a chance to be their head coach. Uh, had a lot of success there. We were NAI, jumped to Division Three uh, while I was there. Um, from also from from NAIA, the university jumped to D three. Yes, because yes. of the success that you had, or just the exchange on the on the school. Well, we were NAI Division Two, and we did not have scholarships. And mm-hmm. we would win the conference championship, go to the national tournament, and we were playing against teams who had scholarships. Mm-hmm. So we could not really compete, you know, at the national level. So our school decided to make that change to D three, where we would play against, you know, all other teams that that we would play against were non scholarship, just like our school. Mm, so uh, that was an interesting transition, and I think a good transition for competitive, compet, you know, competitive sake, just to play against other schools that were like that, that were not giving um, athletic scholarships. Athletic, yeah, correct. And well, you, you as a player, you did very good in your, in your senior year, you know, in, in Texas because you 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 got a you know an average of four, 14.3 points and five point five rebounds as a senior. Uh, do you ever thought about playing professional 
like right now, you know, we have these WNBA. Do you thought about it? You, it cost you mind or not? So my senior year, um, I, I had uh, contracted to travel with athletes in action the summer after my senior year. Um, but by the end of my season, my senior year, my shin splints were so bad. Um, I ended up with the stress fracture in one leg, the other leg, just bad shin splints. And I just didn't feel like my body could go on. So I just, I hung them up after that, but I was, was, um, certainly committed to continue playing after that, you know, and at that time there were not as many like overseas opportunities or anything like that, but I would have loved to have continued playing. And so what I tell our players though, the next best thing to playing is coaching, you know, when your, when your playing career is yes. over, if you love it, like you should go into coaching. You should um, go into it's fun. Great, great. You know, I I always thought about it, you because I'm a, I'm I'm passionate about sports in general, uh, but uh, you know, I always had that in mind. Maybe I should be a coach, you know, on something. Yeah. You know, well, baseball, baseball is what I did for many years. But yeah. now, do you see a lot of difference between you know back in the days recruiting and nowadays? Uh, yes, uh, it's called social media. Um, <laughs> <laughs> social media has changed everything that we do. To be quite honest, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I have an assistant coach who probably 50% of his time is spent on social uh, creative. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's social media. It's content. It's designing graphics. And, you know, at our level, I mean, I have four full-time coaches. I have a student assistant and a, a director of ops. So I don't have like a full-time creative services person. So I have to have a, an assistant coach who's really good at, you know, uh, just Photoshop, Canva, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, so they can create their own uh, graphics. That is such a big part of recruiting now. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started back in the early 90s, it was all about phone calls. You just phone calls. call people. And this was not cell phone calls. I'm calling your <laughs> landlord. I'm calling your house. Crossing yeah. my fingers that somebody is home at that time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a great revelation was when people started getting um, answering machines. So you could leave a message. You can you leave know? a message. <laughs> yeah. So um, things have changed a lot at we, we sent lots of mail out, you know, early when I first started coaching and we, my staff continues doing that. I think it's really important that we're sending mail to physical addresses. Uh, I think the recruits like mail, but it's a way for their parents to also learn about our program. Excellent. So, for example, like my, my staff, we send out one handwritten note and one other piece of mail every week. So our recruits wow. have two pieces of mail from us every week. Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, we just think that's really important. Um, probably and we average about once a month, we send a letter to the recruits parents. We okay. want the parents to be receiving information about us as well. So I think there's still value in regular mail. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> social media is kind of where it's at. And yeah, you know, I, I, I got the opportunity. Yeah, I yeah. got the opportunity to do some presentations in front of parents and student athletes and talk about recruiting. Mm -hmm. And, and we have to mention social media, you know, um, it could be good or it could be bad. You know, we, we, we have those, you know, and now every, everybody nowadays, they have, you know, a phone. So everybody could be a reporter. Everybody could be, you know, so it, it's a tough, yeah. of course, you know, but when it comes to social media, uh, it's crucial. It's crucial nowadays um, um, on college recruiting without a question. And coach, uh, you know, when, when we talk about recruiting, what would be the first thing you will see 
on a student athlete when you take a look? Okay, let's consider this athlete. What would be the first thing you see? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think it kind of depends on the position. Um, like, for example, our wing players, our twos and threes, we're trying to get bigger um, on mm. the wing. And so, you know, when we hear about a wing player, we want to put eyes on her and see, like, does she fit this um, typical, you know, body top that we're looking for? We want a long wing player. Uh we want someone who can move well laterally. So we're watching kind of some quickness, some athleticism. Um, mm-hmm. I I love to shoot threes. Our team shoots lots of three-point shots. So when we see an athlete for the first time, uh, we want to see can they shoot threes. And mm-hmm. some players in whatever system they're in, maybe that's not a big part of what they do. Mm-hmm. But if they can shoot a free throw really well or a, a 15-footer really well, then we feel like we can pull them out and teach them to be a good three-point shooter as well. So we, we look at three-point shooting. Um, you know, when we're able to see somebody play uh, live, like playing a game, mm-hmm. um, we love just junkyard dog defense, somebody that's scrappy, that um, is real gritty, <laughs> they're dictating on defense. So, uh, you know, how you move, how, how much pressure you put on your opponent, that's a big mm-hmm. deal to us. Mm-hmm. Um you know, as far as like a skill set or a skill, we love rebounders. We don't think it takes much like specific, like athletic ability, just get after it. You know, you've got to be really tough and gritty to get after rebounds. Um, but probably the the thing that we may see that turns us off the most is a player who's disrespectful to her coaches or to her teammates. Mm. Um, you might have everything we're looking for. You're a good shooter, you're a gritty mm-hmm. defender, you're a good rebounder. Um, but you are talking back to your coach or you're, you know, kind of hateful to your teammates, then we'll mm-hmm. probably not keep you on our list very long. Um, because at our level, at the division one level, one awesome player is probably not going to be able to, they're not going to help you sustain success not after mm-hmm. not after not. We need a whole team of people mm-hmm. working together that are respectful of one another. And so, you know, in, in the evaluation process, we want to find players who are respectful to their coaches and also their teammates. Excellent. Excellent. That's, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great mentality for, for the group itself, right? In order for you have a good chemistry in the, in the team, uh, culture is is crucial when it comes to that. And you you mentioned uh, you know evaluation criteria. Do you follow those? You know, I got a got a book right here, and I mentioned this in a couple of episodes where I have kind of like a cheat sheet of recommendation on you know on Division One, Division Two, Division Three players. Um, do you follow this evaluation criteria? Like the point guards needs to be five A plus. Um, you know, shooting guard, 5'10 plus, uh, small forward, 5'11, you know, power forward, 6 plus, and center, 6'2 plus. Do you follow those those criteria? Um, you know, we usually have our own criteria for our program, what we're looking for. And, you know, and every class is different. Mm-hmm. So in this 2022 class, we did not sign a true point guard. Um, and, and we might have had an opportunity to sign, you know, great point guards. We just didn't sign one in that class. The 2023 class, we need a point guard. Mm, and so, okay. you know, our criteria changes every year. Um, for the 2023 class, we need a really good back-to-the-basket scoring post player. 
Um, So I think it depends on what our needs are. Um, We don't get real caught up in height, so to speak. Um, Unless you're like five feet tall, you're probably going to struggle playing defense. You know, people are just going to post you up. Uh, You don't, (laughs) you don't have to be more than about five eleven though, to be a successful post player at our level. Now, if you're six mm-hmm. two, that's great. That's um, right. Yeah. So we don't get real caught up in um, height, I guess. Uh, now, and I mentioned this while ago, but like uh, wing players, we just want to get longer. You know, you might be mm-hmm. five nine, but if you've got a good wingspan and you play really big, like that means a lot to us. We want so so, so defense. You you take in consideration a lot of the defense, right? For oh, yeah. the wings, I can see it right yeah. there. I love it. So. Because I saw, I saw in your in your roster actually, you have a couple of players that are six two. You got two two girls that are six two center. So you have you have height right there. Uh, by the time you know you approach that, you know other uh, competitors right there. So on, on the evaluation, take me over a little bit on the highlight videos or the videos that you see in an athlete. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I, I keep focusing on this because sometimes when I talk to parents, you know, everybody wants to show you the best highlights, the best three pointers, the, the best, you know, uh, um, free three uh, points that they did. So what do you what is your best take when you see highlight videos? Good question. Uh, we see a lot of highlight videos for sure. <laughs> um, and we there are value. There's value in highlight videos because. The first time you send a video to a coach, they're probably not going to sit down and watch a full length game video the first time they see you. So the highlight is what kind of draws our interest. Um, You know, if you have a terrible looking shot, it goes in a lot, but it is terrible looking. You know, I probably won't pursue that because um, if, if you have a terrible shot, you're probably not actually shooting a very high percentage. And all we're seeing are you making shots in a highlight video, but probably your percentage is not great. Um, players who run really poorly, like poor gait, they're not very efficient running. And it doesn't mean you have to be fast, but you have to have, you know, pretty good running form. And so we can see that on a highlight video as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing in highlights, interesting, uh, interesting. You, know, never- you, you know, like, can you see the floor? Do you have good court vision? You know, if we see you passing, that kind of gives us an idea of your court vision. If you're a post player, when you catch the ball inside, what kind of post moves do you have? And mm-hmm. again, on a highlight video, you're making every one of those shots, but are, is it just because you're taller than everybody or do you actually have a good tool belt of post moves? And so the highlight videos, they're they're valuable, but when I see one that I like, then I, I will request game film game film you know, okay mm-hmm. i'm not going to offer a scholarship just because i saw a highlight video because the highlight video should be really good <laughs> <laughs> also i i i never took in consideration the speed that you mentioned right now you know how how fast they have to go back and forth because technically they have to be physically they have to be you know complete pretty much mm-hmm. uh, not just you know throwing the you know shooting the ball uh, who having a good percentage, uh, but chose you know the abilities on on, on that end. Wow, well, I never thought about it. So that's that's a great. I'm gonna take note on that. You know, but I'm gonna talk to the to the athletes um, now. Um, do you do you recommend to the athletes to to go to showcases? Do you like to go to showcases? Do you send your team? 
um, how 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 big of an impact is that when it comes to recruiting? Um, I think the showcases are really good. Uh, for us at the D1 level, it has to be an NCAA certified event for us to be able to go and evaluate. Mm-hmm. So in June, for example, there are showcases, there are tournaments, uh, D2, D3, they're going to be there. But for Division One, we can't go. You can. And so okay. currently with our recruiting calendar, we can only go to tournaments and showcases in July. In July. Okay. Yes. Okay. And even those have to go through the process and be they NCAA have, certified. They have to do, they have to um, be yeah. certified. Yeah. So you know I, I think those events are good, but if you mm-hmm. want to be seen by division one coaches, understand that we can't be at the ones that are in like June or September, we can be in the ones, go to the ones in July. That's, that's important because I think that happens with the uh, same scenario with football. Basketball and football are in the same boat where they need to be certified by the NCAA in order for them to be able to go to those showcases. No, that's, that's, that's important. Thank, thanks for that information because it's important for the athletes and parents to get to know this information because sometimes they will think something else. Uh, sometimes showcases are there for the money, let's be honest, you know, uh, and, you know, an occasion... To- Yeah, it's a, it's business. <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, that's not, my, it's not my point to, you know, to go over that, but, you know, I, I seen it. And I actually, sometimes I even told the athletes, you know what, um, be, be careful, you know, just make sure that this is a legit uh, showcase. Um, but now when it comes to, to, you know, after, you know, you take a look, the, the videos, the, the, the abilities that the athlete have, How soon the athlete should be to start having contact with you? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I would say, again, it has to do with like what positions we're recruiting in their class. Okay. You know, and we may see a really talented, say a really talented point guard, but if we don't need a point guard in that class, I try to be really transparent and say they don't get their hopes up. And so they're not wasting time, you know, sit the athletes go, if there are schools and coaches send information out as early as eighth grade or ninth grade, I mean, it's, that's not too early. I actually have offered two eighth graders already. They have oh, really? offers from me and they haven't even played in high school. Yet. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, yeah. Yeah. This is, so this before is... eighth grade, I, I wouldn't worry about it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating because You know, of course, every sport is different, you know, but I know, I know, I mentioned, you know, uh, football and basketball are, you know, are the, the main sports, uh, uh, you know, at the NCAA. And so I always thought about, you know, well, maybe, maybe, you know, sophomore is good, but I mean, in basketball, then, then, you know, you need to start as soon as freshman, pretty much, you know, yes. or even before yes. that, even yeah. before that, sure. in, in yeah. order for, for you to be successful, because, so you're talking about, Four, three, four years ahead of time, pretty much. Um, timing is crucial by the time, you know, especially in basketball, especially yeah. in basketball. Um, the earlier that you start, the better uh, option probably you're going to have. So do you, do you follow them for as long as, you know, senior year? Because if you, if you offer, like you have right now, you have two offers and eight grade. Um, Do you think, I mean, because they're going to grow more, they're going to, or, or they might not go at the pace that you are expecting to do that. So it could be tricky right there. So how you take that? How you do that? 
Yeah. And so I don't throw an offer out uh, unless I would accept their verbal commitment. And so like if I see an eighth grader or freshman, we evaluate them, we get to know them. Um, If we feel like they would be a good fit at Abilene Christian and in our program, I offer them and I'm prepared for them to accept the offer, even as a freshman. Um, Usually, you know, they wait a couple of years before they make that decision. But, um, you know, so far, we've been pretty fortunate and on point with our evaluations. Um, I I don't take scholarship offers back. Uh, Now, sometimes players advance quickly and now all of a sudden they're getting power five offers. So we're no longer an option. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't take scholarship offers back as long as players are working hard and we see improvements every time we watch them. And we've been pretty fortunate. That's that's how our recruits generally are. You know, they're uh, committed basketball players that are working on their game. And every time we see them, it just seems like they're getting better and better. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is a a risk. You know, you could throw an offer out to a 14 year old who might not ever work on her game on her own and she might not Mm -hmm. ever improve. Um, that just has not been the case for us. So we've, mm-hmm. we've been fortunate. We haven't had that tough situation of, woo-hoo, maybe we need to take the scholarship offer back. <laughs> we, we have not had to do that. I will say for um, younger players like eighth grade, ninth grade, one of the best things you can do is if you have some schools that you're really interested in that you want them to recruit you, go to their summer camps. Mm. That is the best way to get to know coaches uh, get to know players in on the current roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have great summer camps in the month of June. Excellent. And um, uh, honestly, like probably every recruiting class, about 70% of the class that we sign has been to camp at least once. Some of them have come Excellent. for two, three summers. And Excellent. so that's a big deal. You, it's basically an unofficial visit. Mm-hmm, you, know, you spend mm-hmm. a day or maybe you spend a couple of days, depending on the length of the camp, but you're mm-hmm. on campus spending time with the coaches. Um, I think that's an invaluable way for recruits to figure out, do I really like that program? Would I consider that that university? That's that's great because they, they have to feel at home pretty much right when they go to the school, because sometimes it, it gets tricky. Some some kids will go to the school and and they don't feel comfortable right yeah. there. So, so going to to the camps is is important. And I, you know, I I will let you know right now. Whenever you have a, a camp, let me know. I'll post it. Everything you Thank know. You. Or, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no. I I'll root for you. I'll be honest with you for everything. You know, all the Thank players. You. you know, to to have success, the more success, the better. Um, now, coach, talk to me a little bit about your practice environment. How many hours you guys practice on a daily basis? How many coaches do you have with you? And what is your drill when it comes to practice? Um, yeah, great question. We started official practice on September the 29th. 29th. And uh, mm-hmm. our practices up to this point, they've been about two and a half hours long a day. Um, just because there's a lot we want to put in right now. Mm-hmm. Last year in the fall semester, our team went into quarantine twice. And so we missed out on some time to like Mm -hmm. practice, get reps, to put things in. So uh, I've kind of been putting a lot in just in case there's a disruption. You're squishing two years right there. You're squishing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going fast and furious, but our team's done a great job responding to that. I have three full time coaches who are at practice every day, I have a student assistant 
and I have a director of basketball operations and they assist in, in different um, aspects of practice. We have a male scout team. We've got about a dozen uh, male students at Abilene Christian that that play on our scout team. They okay. don't come to practice every day, but right now they're coming a couple of times a week. And okay. then they challenge us. They challenge us a oh, lot. Uh, they're faster. They're stronger. They're, they can jump higher. And so they're making us work really hard. It's real interesting to have a practice without them. And then the mm-hmm. next day, have them come in and see all of our turnovers because Excellent. they just they speed us up so much. But, um, you know, I think that those mistakes that like uh, practice chaos, it helps you be calm in the games. Mm-hmm. And so I'm OK with those mistakes in practice. You know, when we have the guys challenging us to play faster because I think it'll pay off in the games for us. Uh, we, we do a lot of drills. Um, I might present something five on five, but then we break down every element of it. Uh, I think, you know, we're working with the generation right now. They don't see a lot of value in two on two and three on three and ball mm-hmm. handling drills, uh, but we still do all that. <laughs> we, we break things down and we want them to have a good firm foundation in different basketball skills. So we, we break things down a lot. We drill a lot. Um, in fact, we, we don't do five on five a whole lot unless mm-hmm. we have our male scout team in there. So okay. Okay. Right now we're breaking things down. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So, and, and then on, on that kind of practice, um, in occasions, you know, it happens, you know, it happens when I, you see an athlete is not performing the, the, the way that you are expecting. Okay. Uh, how you overcome that? Yeah, we, um, We're pretty patient. I will tell you that our staff, uh, we're not a bunch of yellers. Um, you know, we don't cuss at our kids, anything like that. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Uh, we try to find different ways to teach our players. And like, okay. for example, tonight we'll start, we'll watch video for 30 minutes before we go out on the court, because we know that some of the players learn best by watching video. By um, other players need to be on the floor and get reps. Other players need to diagram it. And we hand out diagrams. Uh, We have an app where all of our set plays are on an app. And so Mm. we try to hit every teaching Mm -hmm. method we can and and try to find their learning styles. Um, So I I say all that because, you know, we know that that our players all learn a little bit differently. So if Mm -hmm. one player is not understanding something, we try to change our method of teaching. Um, but once we've exhausted all of those teaching styles, if you're still not doing something correctly, then we usually run our whole team. We just run the whole team because Susie, we've gone over this 15 times. You're still not getting it done. Uh, you know, and I think at some point it's, it becomes like their choice. Like how much effort are they going to put into something? If, Mm -hmm. If their potential is here, um, you know, there, here's your potential, but you're only performing here. Like mm-hmm. we can help you by teaching you different skills and getting reps. But at some point, like you've got to put the effort in to reach your potential. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we like to hold players accountable. Um, but we feel like peer pressure a lot of times helps change behaviors and, and kind of lights a fire under players mm-hmm. sometimes. So, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty patient. I, I think that we show a lot of grace, uh, you know, in, in trying to help people learn certain concepts. And then when it gets to a point where they're just not getting it done, uh, there's usually some kind of consequence. <laughs> mm, yeah, of course, of course I will. Now I'm going to, I'm going to twist the, the question. 
the leadership. You're always going to have the captain. You're always going to have a leader on the team. Mm -hmm. um, how are you mentor a leader? So everyone on our team is on a committee. We have a, like a community service committee. We have an audiovisual committee. We have a hospitality committee. And so mm -hmm. we want to put our player, all of our players in positions to be leaders. Mm -hmm. And we feel like that there's a huge correlation on how they carry themselves out on the court. And like you said, I mean, you're, uh, we always want our point guards to be our, our most vocal leaders. We need a defensive captain. We've done that a lot of different ways. You know, we vote on it. The coaches select it. Um, you have to meet certain criteria. You've got to make so many baskets. You've got to get so many defensive stops, you know, different things like mm -hmm. that. Um, mm -hmm. I think I've been coaching so long now that I just realized that, your leaders, your captains, they just, they kind of rise to the top, you know, the cream rises to the top. And if we make our practices um, challenging enough, you're going to see those leaders emerge. Those people that are not going to get knocked down and stay down, the ones that come back, they stand back up every time they're knocked down. Those are the ones that we want leading our team, the ones that are gritty and tough and selfless. Um, so they, they sort of just I feel like they rise to the top. If you challenge them enough in practice, you're going to see who the leaders of your team are. Excellent. Excellent. I love that answer. Now, uh, when it comes to uh, playing time, okay, uh, if I'm a freshman, okay, you have a, a, a freshman player, will you play it or you still considering, you know, a little bit of time, you know, she's, she's too fresh uh, or you just, you know, you jump on it, even to be uh, on the uh, on the start uh, uh, lineup. Good question. Uh, yes, we will play freshmen. Excellent. Um, you earn your playing time every day in practice, mm -hmm. and we stat most of our five on five segments in practice. We we stat those, and we give you a practice grade, and we put it up in the locker room so everybody sees like what your grade is. And so it's really not a surprise when we go into the game. Mm -hmm. um, You know, we create our depth chart from how you perform in practice. Okay. Okay. So, you know, if you are not, if you're not scoring well in practice with your mm -hmm. game grade or with your practice grade, you're probably not play a whole lot today. Mm, interesting. Very, very good. Very good. Uh, because, you know, sometimes you see, you see athletes uh, or coaches that, uh, you know, sometimes they don't because of the experience. They don't put them to start right away. I seen that in the past. So this is the main question because people ask me that. I'm not going to lie to you. People, yeah. you know, parents and family, um, they're just going to say, oh, I don't want to be a bench warmer. You know, then, then you know, yeah. this is, you know, it's it's important yeah. to get to know this. And thank you for answering, though, by the way, with your honesty right there. Um, and you, so, so when you talk about, you know, all the recruiting process and everything, You have, you have, you know, experience in Division two, Division three, NAIAs, of course, you know, the, 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 the top division that you're playing right now. Um, do you recommend the athletes uh, uh, or, or you see a lot of difference between the, the divisions when it comes to playing time? Um, so if you're comparing the different divisions, it's like apples and oranges, like Division one versus Division two, just the time requirements, the physical demands, the mm -hmm. ability to, um, you know, recognize that you have to be a great time manager, like the D1 level, it's completely different than division two. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you're going to see that same jump from D3 to D2, you know, it's mm -hmm. just it's really different. And 
Um, everybody thinks they want to play division one, but if you have a hard time with your responsibilities in high school, you're going to struggle at the D one level because mm. you're just pulled in so many different directions. Um, your day is super busy. Um, so, you know, you might be a, a division one talented athlete, but if you can't seem to get to team meetings on time, you can't get your homework turned in on time. Um, you know, you're not very good at being a time manager. You you're probably going to struggle at the D one level because it is, mm. uh, Mm-hmm. It's busy, busy. Excellent. High, high time demands. Um, yeah. So there's, I think there's a big difference. Now, NAI, I don't know, maybe you would correlate that probably with about division two, you know, talent okay. wise and mm-hmm. demands on your time and everything. Um, you know, division three is its whole different entity. They don't start workouts until mid-October and they literally do no basketball until oh. mid-October. And so oh. you know it's really about the student athletes like having success as students first before their season starts. And so and that's not a it's not a bad thing at all. I mean I coached at that level for a long time and it is mm-hmm. it's an awesome level. But man, there are huge differences if we're just talking about the NCAA between D3, D2, D1. Like, D1. Wow. Yeah, there's, there's big differences. Excellent. You know, some, sometimes, you know, we got that misconception, uh, depending on the sports, of course, you know, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, we know, I mean, your schedule, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. You have tough competition right there. Uh, it's starting in November very soon in a couple of weeks. No, well, th- three weeks, November 9th, it will be your first game. Correct. Yeah. Um, so how, how you prepare you know, um, those games, um, do you watch a lot of films on the opposite team? Um, do you sit down with your team, you know, mm-hmm. going for, for all evaluations? How, how are you prepare for each game? Because you, how many games actually you, you do play a lot of games. Yes. So we have two scrimmages and then we play 29 games. 29 games. So, um, I, the way I do it, everybody's different, but I split that up pretty much equally between myself and my three assistant coaches, we all get a set number of games. So this year we all got seven or eight games that we are going to be responsible for the scouting report. Mm. Um, I watch video on every single team that we're going to play, but only seven times this year, am I creating the scouting report and the video that will support the scouting report. Very good. So we all, we kind of share that responsibility. It's a, It's a lot. It's very time consuming to put your scout mm-hmm. together to prepare a team, but it's essential to your success. You have to do it. Um, Excellent. We have, a, we have a paper copy scouting report we give to our team. We watch video. Uh, we have an app where their scouting report in the video is mm-hmm. on their app so they can mm-hmm. watch it on the phone. Uh, and then our male scout team learns the other team's like offense and we go through that in practice and we like defend our scout team. So a lot, a lot goes into scouting. And that's why to me, this time of the year is so critical because once we get into playing basketball games, we're going to start learning about the other teams. So we better have a good foundation of what it is our team does, um, you know, set plays. What does our defense look like? You know, what are our philosophies? Because we're about to start talking about two teams a week. And so mm-hmm. you have to understand mm-hmm. who we are and what we do before we throw other teams in there. Excellent. Excellent. I, I love that. I would love to see that just, you know, just sitting, just watching you guys making the plan. I, 
I, yeah. I love that mindset, you know, the preparation. Uh, that would be good. Uh, did you ever come here to Phoenix to play against uh, uh, people here in, in Phoenix well, or not? We, uh, we just joined the WAC, so we'll be playing Grand Canyon University. Oh, you're uh, going to play so Grand Canyon? Oh, yeah, really? Oh. Arizona. Yep. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, as soon as you come here, let me know because I'll be on those. <laughs> I'll, yep. I'll, ch I'll check the, the schedule. I'll check the schedule. Now, something important, coach, international athletes. I always mention this because I'm an international uh, uh, dude. So how you work with international? Do you ever recruit international athletes? So we, we've tried a little bit at Abilene Christian. We're not in a position where we can travel overseas to watch anybody mm -hmm, live. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of prevented us from really getting involved with international recruiting. Um, however, when I was the head coach at Oklahoma State University, we did recruit internationals. Um, mm -hmm. But I think at any level, though, you can, you can recruit international women's basketball players who are at junior colleges. You know, a lot of international players end up at junior colleges, and that's where we have recruited quite a few players that were from other countries. Excellent. You know, that because you did that. You did that transition from junior college to a D1. Mm -hmm. So, and that's one of the things that I that I mentioned. I just, um, I have, I, I get approached for international athletes, you know, especially Latin America because of the Spanish, right? But, um I got a girl a month ago, two months ago, uh, into a D3 school. And, um, you know, I recommend her to go to junior college first. I said, you know, let's go. But, you know, she did the SAT and she got uh, uh, 1420 on the, oh, wow. on the SAT. So I'm like, you know what? I, I don't think you need to go to, <laughs> to the junior college. So she yeah. did a standing right there on the SATs. But I think for international athletes, they're so 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 that's that's a good advice on your end yes. that you're saying, yeah. you know, start from junior college because first of all, the language barrier too, as well. You know, you need to make sure that you do the SAT, the TOEFL, the whole the whole scenario to 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 go into the academics. Now, yeah. when we talk about academics, what is the average GPA that you guys are looking for? So when we're recruiting, uh, I mean, we'd love to only recruit student athletes that are like A, B average, you know, okay. someone who's, uh, you know, at least like a 88 to 92 average overall, mm -hmm. like their GPA in, at high school. I mean, occasionally we recruit players that have maybe a less, you know, a lower GPA, but ACU is, um, it's really hard academically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we recruit someone and they're a straight C average student, they're not going to survive here. Mm -hmm. And so it's just not even fair to do that. Mm -hmm. um, we, we do look at ACT and SAT scores. I probably put more value in your GPA than those tests because I know there's a lot of, you know, underlying reasons why maybe you didn't score so well on like your ACT. Um, mm -hmm. But we'll look at your GPA and if it's, you know, it's like, C average, we're not going to recruit you. It's just, it's not fair. It's going to be too hard. Mm -hmm. And so we, we love the AB students. Um, I would say the majority of students on our current roster, they were A students in high school. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think they just, they're able to be successful at the division one level more if they are already like a, a, a good student, they understand how to study, how to learn. Um, they take, their grades seriously already mm -hmm. like in high school, then I think 
they potentially have a good chance to succeed at Abilene Christian. Yes, yes, I see it. I see it right now. I mean, the, the, you know, it's it's hard. You have to be on the A and Bs, and it's a private institution. It's not that big of an institution. So, uh, well, I mean, you got what. 4,000 uh, kids in the in yep. institution. We have about five thousand undergrad. Five thousand yeah. undergrad yeah. right now. Five thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me a little bit of the university. That way, you know, the athletes get to know a little bit more yeah. about it. Uh, so, uh, Abilene Christian is not for everyone. Uh, it's a Church <laughs> of Christ university. You don't have to know anything about the Churches of Christ. I mean, I'm Southern Baptist, I so um, you don't have to be Church of Christ. But um, we do talk about Jesus. There Mm. is an intentional Christian atmosphere Mm. and um, not everybody's looking for that. You know, not that Mm. they're bad people, but maybe it's like, yeah, you know, I go to church. I don't need a university telling me about the Bible or whatever. Um, For me, I love that that part Mm. of it. I get to be myself. We integrate our Christian faith and everything we do Mm -hmm. with our program. Um, and we're very unapologetic in the recruiting process about, hey, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. You can expect to go to chapel to take some Bible classes um, because we don't want anyone coming to ACU who is unaware of that because it could be shocking if you don't know that mm-hmm. you're going to have to take four Bible classes, you know. Um, so but but I think because of that Christian atmosphere, it's a super positive family oriented, personable environment mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, if you're looking to go somewhere where uh, if you're a women's basketball player, you're a celebrity on our campus. You're not a number like everybody knows who you are. The professors call you by name. But if you want to go somewhere and be anonymous, do not come here. You know, <laughs> I mean, people know who, who my players are. They know who our student athletes are. Tell me a little bit about the graduation rate. I'm expecting probably is is high based on what you mentioned right now. So how do you guys manage that? Yeah, at um, at Abilene Christian in my tenure here, uh, our graduation rate is 100 percent. Excellent. You know, we're serious about helping our students, our student athletes be successful academically. So, mm-hmm. you know, like we mentioned, we're not going to recruit at risk students. They won't survive mm-hmm. here. Uh, but we have a lot of academic resources in place. We have a math lab. We have a writing center. We have a speech center. We have mm-hmm. this incredible library with lots of different resources in there. Um, we have an academic uh, advisor that works with our team in particular that meets with our players on a regular basis. We do things like team study hall. Um, you know, if our players are struggling in a subject, we can find a tutor for them. Mm-hmm. But we give them all the resources they need to be successful. And, uh, you know, they, they are not allowed to miss class. They mm. only miss class for basketball trips. That's it. Mm. <laughs> they don't miss class. Um, they sit in the front two rows of their classes just to pay attention and make sure the professors Excellent. know who they are. <laughs> so that that that's on your book. That's on your book when you recruit them. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I have the contract. Yes. I yes. like that. I like that. And how many how many athletes and how you manage the scholarships? Uh, I know you know you have you know, you're not going to give everybody full ride of course, but, uh, but how, how many athletes you have and how you manage your funds that you have available? So for us at the division one level, women's basketball, we can offer 15 full scholarships. Oh, and really? So, 
Yeah. So 15 we, full scholarships. Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. Isn't that crazy? This is amazing. I didn't know that. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and that's at the division one level um, and men's basketball at the D one level, they have 13 and we have yeah. 15. You got 15. Um, we, don't, we don't usually have 15. We do this year just because we had some players, mm-hmm. um, you know, use their COVID years. So we have a larger roster than normal. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have 15 full scholarships at Abilene Christian this year. A full scholarship is valued at $53,000 for the year. 53. And so it's a it's significant, mm-hmm. you know, to get a full scholarship. No doubt. No doubt. You're talking 200,000 uh, in yeah. four years. I mean, that's well, 212,000. That's yeah. quite a bit of money. Uh, man, this is this is beautiful. That's that's something that I, I was not expecting, to be honest, coach. I was not expecting uh, this response from you like this. Now, and so right now, um, when the preparation and, you know, the scholarships and everything, um, how important is uh, community service for you guys? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, mm-hmm. We're out in the community as much as possible. Um, two of our favorite things to do, uh, we have a church in town that has a, a ministry that builds ramps, exterior ramps to um, at houses where uh, they have a resident in a wheelchair who mm. without the ramp can't leave the house. Okay. So okay. about four times a year, we partner with this ministry and our team goes out and we build ramps. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're using power tools. We're using uh, levels oh. and I mean, uh, sanders, uh, saws, like it's awesome. We have to get like our that. for that. So that's, that's a, one of our favorite things to do. Um, we've also partnered with an adult daycare here in town. It's called mm-hmm. disability resources incorporated. Uh, we go out and we visit with the folks that live out there oh, um, twice a month. We go and spend time with them and we, maybe we go out and we, throw the football or maybe we go shoot baskets with them, or maybe we just listen to them, read the newspaper or we'll do puzzles. Um, just, you know, to hang out, give them somebody to talk to and somebody to play a game with. We go out there a couple of times a month. So those are the two things we do the most, but anytime someone in the community calls and says, Hey, we need help with this or this, mm-hmm. if we can fit into our schedule, we get involved in that. I think it's yeah. really important that our players start now like giving back to the community Excellent. and Excellent. they need to understand like you want to be a part of community and it's not that you're going to do this you know activity whatever it is to get paid or to get mm-hmm. recognized you're just going there to serve other people yes and yes. Uh, so that you know the, just planting that seed of volunteerism is really important i think when you're dealing with college athletes i i love that i love that because uh, i mean you put in you preparing the athletes, not just in one section, which is athletics. You making sure that they do good and academics sitting in the front two roads, <laughs> which I love that, <laughs> you know, in uh, in the the community service. So so it's a complete package right there. So you you mentoring them for a very good future, very much. So that's that's great, coach. Now, one last question, coach. I'm an athlete. I'm a student athlete. I'm looking. I'm still not decided on, you know, the schools that I want to go to. What should I expect from you as coach? Yeah. So um, 
I am all about basketball. I'm all about winning championships, but I, I feel a strong obligation to help our student athletes develop in every aspect of your of their life, becoming the best basketball player they can possibly be, um, majoring in whatever their heart desires. We do not funnel our players into any major at all. Mm-hmm. They can major in whatever they want so that they can pursue their career goals. Mm-hmm. And that is almost unheard of at the division one level because mm-hmm. it, it makes our schedule really bad. Like right now we work out in the afternoon, three days a week. The other two days is either 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. Just oh, because, wow. of schedules. because of the um, classes. So, mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. academically, we're going to help you reach your goals. Um, spiritually, you're going to grow in your mm-hmm. walk with Christ while you're here. And Thanks. then just socially, we're going to help you learn social skills like community service, like how to talk to people that are 80 years old and how to treat five-year-olds at camp. You know, we're going to put you in those socialization experiences so that you have, you know, good social skills when you leave. Um, so we're, we're trying to help our student athletes develop as all around people. And, and as a head coach, I'm the one that has to model that. I have to create that culture for, for our players. Excellent. Excellent. I love that. Now you, you, what's your next uh, goal as a head coach? What, 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 is, what do you have on, you know, on mind right now? Yeah. So this is our first year in the WAC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get one year for it to be our first year. So we need to win the WAC conference championship our first year. Oh, really? <laughs> so that's our goal. I like that. <laughs> that is what's right here in front of us awesome i love that you know with this i thank you so much coach julie absolutely it's it's a very pleasure you know very nice meeting you uh it's a pleasure meeting you uh getting to get to know a little bit more about you about the school about everything that you guys do in albania and of course like i mentioned you know i'm gonna root for you i'm gonna be tweeting (laughs) looking searching (laughs) and as soon as you get and as soon as you get here please do not hesitate you know, to get it back to me, contact me, or I'll check the schedule to yeah. go see yeah. you at the game, at the practice, um, whatever is needed uh, to meet you. If you allow me to, of course, you know. Absolutely. You yeah, I'd <laughs> love to meet you in person. That would be great. Excellent. When it comes to college security, there are many objectives up there for student athletes. The number one should be the name recognition. Number two, go to a place where you're actually going to get to play and have fun. And number three, and most important, get your college education funded. I'd like to take this moment to introduce you to iSportsRecruiting.com, a recruiting platform that was built for student athletes and families in order for them to save hundreds of hours of work and thousands of dollars by the end of the college education. Go to iSportsRecruiting.com in HEAT to register with the code ISR25. You will get an immediate 25% discount. iSportsRecruiting, we're here because we care for next generation. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and leave us a review. And at the same time, share the episode with anyone that might need it. Thanks for listening to this episode and I'll see you soon.